It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Ravens lost a huge key to their offense. The Giants still don't have an offensive line to protect Daniel Jones. Plus, who is the only exception to drafting a running back in round one of your fantasy draft? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. It was news that was such a bummer. Ravens fans were hoping to hear JK. And they did, just not the way that... They wanted it to go. J.K. Dobbins is going to likely miss the season, a torn ACL in a preseason game. And he, uh, not happy about that either, is the wife of the owner, apparently, either. Joining me now from Locked on Ravens, Kevin Ostriker. And Kevin, I I don't want to ask, you know, oh, what does this mean for the Ravens? A lot is the short answer. So how did they adjust to losing someone who is going to be the focal point of their offense in a lot of ways? Yeah, the Ravens are a rushing team, and J.K. Dobbins was supposed to be that guy for them. But luckily, they have the guys waiting in the wings. Gus Edwards was, even with Dobbins, supposed to kind of be the second part of that one-two punch. And now he just elevates into that lead back role. I mean, he becomes the focal point of that Ravens rushing attack. Tyson Williams, a second-year running back, has really performed well during the preseason. Nate McCrary, undrafted guy, same thing. They, They have Justice Hill as well, who didn't really play in the preseason a ton he got injured after the first game but they have the guys and and their offense is so run centric and that's not saying they're not going to throw the ball better but they are so run centric where Dobbins was an asset and there's no doubt that this is a brutal blow to what Baltimore does on offense but it's not a a killing blow in any sense of the imagination Baltimore's offense is still high powered still has the weapons Lamar Jackson is still there so he, he is the focal point of the offense is Lamar Jackson, but Dobbins, you miss his balance. You miss his agility, his power, his vision, his cutting. I mean, there's so many things that he does well, but there is no doubt that losing Dobbins is a huge, huge blow to this Ravens offense. There have been uh, divergent schools of thought on preseason games as of late and, and perhaps more divergent than we have seen in the league's history. Teams like the Packers not suiting up 30 plus guys in the preseason. Sean McVay, as soon as he got to LA was like, We're not doing this. Our guys are not playing in the preseason. How quickly do you think uh, teams like the Ravens are going to make that switch when stuff like this happens? Yeah, it's such an interesting point question because there's so many different ways teams approach it. And a huge thing of this for me is with the NFL schedule, with the preseason schedule going from four to three games, it kind of impacts how guys play in the preseason, when guys play in the preseason. Before with the four preseason schedule, The third preseason game was the one where the starters would sometimes get a quarter or a half. And then the last preseason game, that fourth one, was when everybody would sit and everybody would rest. And so some people are saying, yeah, well, this was the third preseason game. That's when the most players play anyway. I don't have a problem with players playing in the preseason, starters playing in the preseason. But my train of thought has always been the final game of the preseason, you should probably just rest your starters. 
And look, in, injuries happen in football. You know, they happen in practice. They happen in the preseason. They happen in the regular season. This could have easily happened in week one or in week two. And it just could have been a freak accident and a freak play. But, you know, with the Ravens and the injuries they have already sustained this offseason, they've seen guy after guy go down with some kind of minor-ish ailments. There have also been some more serious ones like LJ Fort, Rashad Bateman. I personally said throughout that week that, look, I think the Ravens shouldn't play their starters in this final preseason game, but I wouldn't be shocked if they did because the importance of game reps before the season, I think it is important, but it's just that balance of how long do you play them. And this was only for one series. So it's not like the Ravens had him out there in the fourth quarter and all of a sudden, you know, that run and wear and tear gets him. But So you can't blame the Ravens coaching staff and decision makers for playing their starters. I, I don't think they, they did a terrible thing. But obviously with hindsight, you, you would have liked to see the starters rest. Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, the Giants, yeah, they still don't have an offensive line to protect Daniel Jones. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Trevor Lawrence, newly minted starter of the Jacksonville Jaguars, completed 11 of 12 passes for a buck 39 and two touchdowns in three drives with the first team offense in the Jaguars 34 to 14 victory against mostly the Cowboys backups, but it was just exactly what head coach Urban Meyer wanted to see. The Jaguars' first team offense had scored just three points in the first preseason games, and Lawrence had completed 20 of 32 passes for 184 yards in losses to Cleveland and New Orleans. After naming Lawrence the starter for the season Wednesday, Meyer said he wanted to see the offense, quote, score some damn points. I'm sure he was not alone in that. The New York Jets are replacing one Lawson with another. After losing defensive end Carl Lawson to a season-ending ruptured Achilles, the Jets acquired Shaq Lawson, no relation, in a trade Sunday with the Houston Texans. The Jets are sending a 2022 sixth-round pick to Houston. According to the reports, they received that pick last fall when they traded defensive end Jordan Willis to San Francisco 49ers. Javi Baez has had enough of Mets fans booing him and is taking matters into his own hands. Since his trade to the Mets from the Cubs at the trade deadline, the infielder has hit three homers and had five RBI in 16 games. Fans have responded to his struggles at the plate by booing Baez, and during the Mets' 9-4 victory on Sunday against the Nationals, Baez gave a thumbs-down sign to the crowd at City Field. Mets president Sandy Alderson reacted in his statement on Sunday night saying, the players and the organization are equally frustrated, but fans at City Field have every right to express their own disappointment. Booing is every fan's right. He added the Mets will not tolerate any player gesture that is unprofessional in its meaning or is directed in a negative way toward our fans. I will be meeting with our players and staff to convey this message directly. I get professional athletes don't want to be booed. Fans don't want to see their teams lose. So... 
Patrick Cantlay edged Bryson DeChambeau in an epic sixth hole playoff to win the BMW Championship on Sunday at Caves Valley Golf Club in Baltimore. Cantlay secured the victory by sinking an 18-foot birdie putt on the 18th hole. He closed with a 6-under 66 and finished at 27-under, a 261 for the tournament. DeChambeau closed with a 66 to match, becoming the first player to shoot a 261 on the PGA Tour and not win. Cantlay earned his PGA Tour-leading third victory of the season. Not only did the win move him to the top of the FedEx Cup standings, it gives him the sixth and final automatic spot on the U.S. Ryder Cup team. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for next on betonline.ag. NFL Super Bowl odds are out. Kansas City is still the number one team on the board at plus 525. The Bucks come in at 6-1. The Packers at 11-1. Buffalo at 12-1. Cleveland 14-1. For your MLB, NFL, college football, and soccer lines, betonline.ag has you covered. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 100% welcome bonus. Is another story you need to know. In what could be a make or break season for Giants quarterback Daniel Jones, he makes his debut in the preseason. And we are not going to make a mountain out of a preseason molehill. Daniel Jones goes 17 to 25 for a buck 35, a touchdown, and a brutal interception. Joining me now from Locked on Giants, Patricia Trena. And when you, you were on the show, a week or two ago, and we talked about how important this season was for Daniel Jones with all of the pieces that the the Giants have tried to put around him. But it does seem like this offensive line is still a problem. Have they done enough to make sure that Daniel Jones can stay upright this season? Well, I mean, it certainly didn't look like it tonight. The first team offensive line, which admittedly was missing starter Shane Lemieux at left guard, allowed two sacks. They allowed, um, by my count, about three pressures, uh, not a very good showing. And then, of course, Joe Judge went and started rotating guys in and out and whatnot. Um, still looking for that right combination. Now, what, what kind of disturbs me a little bit about that offensive line is, you know, at this point, you should, I think, you know, you ask any coach, you ask any offensive lineman, at this point, Come up with the combination that you're going to work with and let them continue to play. This is what general manager Dave Gettleman said back in the spring. He said, look, the only way this group's going to get better is if they play together, if they get snaps. And here you have Joe Judge still futzing around with lineups, still playing around with, you know, rotations. I think he said after the game that he was looking to do a rotation at uh, right tackle and I don't know. I just, I have question marks about this offensive line and I I'm willing to bet, you know, as we record this, obviously it's a Sunday night, but I'm willing to bet the giants are going to have some new offensive linemen by, you know, by Wednesday when they return to practice. Gettleman is allegedly this old school guy who wants to win in the trenches. They've used multiple um, high picks on offensive linemen. They've allocated big money contracts to uh, offensive linemen to try and improve this group. So how much of this is at the feet of of Dave Gettleman versus the coaches and their responsibilities for maximizing the talents that these guys have? Because it's not as though, you know, guys like Andrew Thomas and, and Will Hernandez are not talented players. No, I mean, I think it's a combination of everything, to be honest with you. I mean, you got to remember last year, the offensive line went through two different position coaches. And, uh, you know, it's funny, we were t- a colleague and I were talking about uh, Andrew Thomas, who, you know, 
met with the media after the game. And he said, you know, I'm still trying to get my feet underneath me and my hand placement. And we're sitting here thinking, you know, gee, this kid was two years ago. He's supposedly the best college left tackle um, in the draft. And here he is. He's still playing around with his hand placement and his feet. And we just got to wondering, you know, what's going on with him? Are, are they messing with him to the point where they've ruined him or, or is just something else going on or Maybe he's just not a fit for what what they want to do with him. I don't know the answer, but certainly it's it's a disturbing development. Coming up, we know you want to draft a running back in the first round of your fantasy draft. We tell you the one player who could make you reconsider. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They've got nine delicious base flavors. Coconut, coconut almond, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, cherry, raspberry. Something for everyone. And not only do they taste awesome. And by the way, they taste awesome. But they are healthy too. Major protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in sugar, and in that sweet spot in terms of calories. Enough to give you the energy that you're looking for, but not so much that you got to work harder to burn those extra calories. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% at built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. The NFL preseason is over, but we still have almost two weeks before the NFL season kicks off, which means plenty of time to prep for your fantasy football drafts if you haven't already had it. I know there are some people who have their drafts in like early August. I've never understood it, but some people are psychos. That's how this works. Uh, Joining me now from Locked On Dynasty, Marcus Mosher. Marcus, as you finish up your prep, you've probably had three or four drafts already because... That's just how this happens. <laughs> right, exactly. Maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe nine or 10. Are there uh, some players that, that you're going in going, I got to get this guy, whatever it is. I just think this guy is undervalued. And I know that even if I overpay a little bit, if it's an auction or if I'm around too soon, he's going to pay off for me. Well, first and foremost, I'm glad that you think I only do three or four drafts in a year. That makes me feel good because the number that I actually do is an insane <laughs> amount. But to answer your question, uh, for me, it's Jonathan Taylor. I, early on in the draft process, when we're talking May, uh, June, July, his ADP was like four or five. Now it's slipped to the back end of the first round. A lot of times you can even give in the early second round. I just think Jonathan Taylor is in for a monster year. He was so good down the stretch for the Colts. I think they're going to really want to ease Carson Wentz into this offense. So a ton of touches for Jonathan Taylor early. I think 1,600 total yards, double-digit touchdowns is very, very realistic. And you can get him at a nice price right now. And and we know running backs early on, that first pick, especially if it's a running back, that can make or break your draft. 
where are, is the shape of this draft? Because I always think that part of it is really mm-hmm. important. Does it change the way that you're thinking about drafting, whether it's running back early, whether it's receiver, like in terms of strategy, how are you going to draft feeling like, okay, this is where I want to target these positions? Yeah. So in a typical 10 or 12 team league, I think you have to go running back in the first round. The only player that I think I can justify other than a running back is Travis Kelsey, because he just gives you such an advantage over everybody else. But I think the first 14 or picks should be running backs. The wide receiver depth in the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth round is absolutely incredible this year. Let your league mates take Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. We know they're really good. Let let them take them in the first and second round. You're going to love the receivers you grab later uh, and just load up on running backs and tight ends early. It is it is nice though those those top end players the Devonte Adams and the Terry it's just like a warm blanket to have every week in your lineup you know they're going to deliver for you if there are some guys going later rookies always get overdrafted mm-hmm. but they're also the most fun players to talk about so whether it's a rookie or whether it's maybe a, a second year player or third year player who you think could have a, a chance to break out is maybe a little undervalued who are the the young guys at the end of drafts that you think people should be keeping an eye on. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a guy that I drafted tonight, actually fairly early, and that's LaVisca Chenault, the wide receiver mm. for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You probably don't have to spend a sixth or seventh or even maybe an eighth-round pick on Chenault. But I just think this is a guy that Trevor Lawrence already seems to like. He, we saw him score a touchdown on Sunday. He's going to be used as out of the slot. And with Travis Etienne going down for the rest of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if Urban Meyer gives him more touches out of the backfield, whether that's you know actual running back carries or more reverses and jet sweeps. I just think this is somebody who could touch the ball 80 or 90 times this year. We know he's a great athlete. We know he's a big playmaker down the field. I really like Loviscus Denault at his price. And finally, Michigan beat Ohio 5-2 on Sunday in the championship game of the Little League World Series. Team from Taylor North Little League delivered the first Little League World Series title for the state of Michigan since 1959. Both Michigan and Ohio are from the Great Lakes, marking the only time clubs from the same region played in the championship. That was because international teams didn't compete in the Little League World Series for the first time since 1975 due to travel restrictions caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. Little League allowed two squads from each U.S. region to fill out the 16-team field. And somehow, this will become a Michigan-Ohio State thing. I don't know how, but I, I believe in college sports fans. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts coming up on Tuesday. Final cuts in the NFL loom. Surprises, disappointments, likely deals, and more. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.